Blog Talk Radio. Round one. Fight, 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 fight. Across the number one internet sports talk show in the world, and welcome to our affiliate radio stations. Uh, I know that some of our affiliate radio stations are picking up the live feed a little bit later, but hey, that happens sometimes in live radio when you have. So I appreciate you uh, picking up the slack and playing uh, some of the best of for the last 30 minutes. But hey, we are live now. It is the real balance. My name is Tom Marquis. El Presidente, you will pay homage to me for the next two hours as I will walk you through this crazy world of sports. We don't have racing anymore. I feel naked, at least half naked. And believe me, that's not a sight you want to see. 917-889-8516 is the digits if you want to call in and talk about anything that might be on your mind. And if you're in Tennessee, I guarantee you there is a lot on your mind. We're going to talk about that dumpster fire for sure uh, throughout uh, the day uh, here. And, and of course, uh, we're going to have uh, Ed Kratz, unfortunately, is not going to be able to join us today. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him as he's dealing with some uh, issues with his family, our uh, NFL contributor. But we'll pick up the slack here on our end, myself and Rick Riggin. Uh, we'll be talking NFL, and we'll get into uh, Breaking Rank, brought to you by our AMVETs as well. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk Big Ten Championship, Ohio State, Wisconsin, downtown, Lucas Oil, uh, stadium here in Indianapolis where we flagship from uh, our studios are high atop the balance studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, and the west suburbs. But, hey, you know, uh, it's going to be I, – I, I say barn burner, but I don't know if that's that's exactly the right definition for this game. But I think it has a lot more implications for the playoffs for Wisconsin – because if they get, if they beat Ohio State, you see they've got room to say, hey, we we ran the table, we're undefeated, we we deserve a place at the table of the national of the Final Four, uh, in, in and uh, have an opportunity to win a national championship. If Ohio State wins, that does not necessarily uh, give them the go ahead green light to a national championship playoff spot. In fact, the Big Ten may not even be represented in uh, the national championship. So we will definitely get into that conversation as well. And then in the bottom of our show, if you will, uh, is uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show. Uh, we just sit around and, and BS about sports, talks with us a little bit about who to bet against the spread, and, you know, brings us up to speed on all of our uh, – 
compulsive uh, gamblers, if you will. No, we, we talk about gambling, and it obviously is all in fun. 917-889-8516 is my digits. We're getting ready to get things underway. Underway? Underway. It's Saturday. I can't talk. My name is Sean Marquis, El Presidente. We'll be right back right after this on the Balance Radio Network. told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything.
again. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquisell, Presidente, ready to get this show underway. Well, 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 where to start? Oh, I know, Tennessee. Let's start with that dumpster fire, shall we? Now, here's the thing. This is a cluster, you know what I mean, rhymes with truck. It is a dumpster fire. It has become the laughing stock of college football. And do I totally blame John Curry, the now fired John Curry? Eh, not so much totally. But certainly, hey, if you're the AD, the athletic director, it is your job to make sure that you have coaches field. So what we're talking about is the University of Tennessee Volunteers, the list of coaches that have said no to this job shows you, shows me, shows everyone that this is no longer a premier marquee destination spot for uh, coaching. Thank you, Tennessee, for doing my show prep for me this week. We could talk on University of Tennessee football all day long, but we're not going to. Why? Why should we talk about the Tennessee Volunteers? So here's, here's the thing. I, I, I just, I mean, there's so much that's happened with the University of Tennessee, and we'll, we will get into a deeper uh, state conversation, if you will, uh, with Rick Riggin and Mo from the BS Sports Show a little bit later on in, in the deal. But li- really, here's, here's what, what we've got. I think, I think that John Curry thought maybe he had a swinging shot at what we call on this show the moonshot uh, of landing uh, John Gruden. Well, that wasn't the case. And then they panicked, and uh, they got all butt hurt, and it just spiraled from there. Spiraled from there. And, you know, obviously they – it's just what I don't understand is, first of all, when you make a coaching decision – own it. Live with it. You know, as much as fans like to say that they have a voice, and they do, and they should, let them have that voice before you make that hire. Don't let them make that be that voice for you and make you and your, and your organiza- organization second guess in what you did as the – As as the coach, um, and 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 I I I'm doing what they call teasers right now because I do want to get into a deeper conversation with Rick Riggin and Mo from the BS Sports Show. So we are going to kind of tease this a little bit, but but basically here's what happened: they they hire a coach, fan base wasn't happy for it, believed that he was part of the of the uh, issues with Sandusky at Penn State. I do not personally believe, obviously, that he was involved with it. 
Did he have knowledge? Maybe. Uh, and so we'll get into that conversation. We're really going to break down this dumpster fire down at the University of Tennessee. And then we're going to talk some playoffs, college football playoffs. Big Ten Championship here in Indianapolis this weekend. Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Wisconsin Badgers. Deja vu? Yeah, you're right. Pretty much it's that way. It seems like it feels like it's that way every year. And we'll see if Urban Meyer can put it together and get into the national uh, uh, championship playoffs and uh, with the committee. And, do we, and, you know, maybe another conversation that we want to have when we're talking about the uh, college football playoffs, do we really like the human element? I know when we didn't have it, we liked when we had the computer model, if you will, that basically the computer said, hey, uh, here's who your playoff's going to be. And so all we wanted was to have human interaction. That's why I don't like humans. Every time they messed up, they every time they put their hands in something, they messed it up. So what we have is a committee of roughly 13 people. Now we start trimming the fat with them. Why? Well, one, because one of the committee members is none other than a the athletic director for Ohio State. Also, Clemson's athletic director is on the committee. Now, two of those, those are two schools that definitely have a shot at getting into the playoffs. So their vote doesn't count. They have to expunge themselves. They have to excuse themselves. And the only thing that they are allowed to do is just talk about the facts of the school itself. They are not allowed to influence or politic for that school in any way. Okay, so now we're down to 11. Okay, so what we also have is we have committee members who have uh, that are on faculty of some of the schools that are in, in, indeed uh, connected or have family members that are go to school there or somehow they're connected to the school or the division, primarily the SEC. So now we're down to about nine. So we have nine people deciding who's going to be in the playoffs. Who is going to be the best of the best? So when you take that into conversation and you, and you look at that, you could be an undefeated school like Wisconsin and because of what they call strength of schedule, which means you didn't play nobody, nobody were you didn't play in Alabama, you didn't play in Ohio State. Oh wait a minute, till the national till the Big Ten championship. Now if you run the table and you beat Ohio State, and Iowa has also beat Ohio State, then maybe you beat you you you. And not that Iowa's anybody. I'm just saying that that Iowa loss really hurt Ohio State, I think. I think it, helped, it hurt them in the conversations of, of what the committee would be having as far as ha putting them into uh, a position for playoffs. So what happens is Wisconsin is undefeated in their undefeated period, their whole schedule. Big Ten. They beat everybody. 
Now they got the national, and they haven't played Ohio State yet, but they got the national champion. Uh, big, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. The Big Ten championship today in Indianapolis, and they play Ohio State. If they're able to beat Ohio State, and that is a big maybe. I know they're favored by like six and a half. I think it's the spread the last time I looked, although that was yesterday. So the needle may have moved a little bit left or right. But either which way, it's in that ballpark. And we'll, we'll try to find a, a, the, the exact spread when we're talking with Mo here in a little bit uh, about that. Uh, but uh, either which way, they're favored at six and a half. Now, I think easily Wisconsin can cover that spread. So we'd want to talk about, hey, even if Wisconsin doesn't win, you might want to throw a little money uh, Wisconsin's way to, to make a little money, if you will. But that's a whole different conversation we'll have later on in the day. So now let's say the reverse happens. Let's say that Ohio State does win as they are favored to do. Okay, now Ohio State is a very good football team. Now we like to have fun with Ohio State fans because they're the biggest cry. Next to Notre Dame fans, maybe, they are the, or Alabama fans, they are the biggest crybabies around. And you can hear them for miles crying. But uh, they, it, it, they have reason to. They, they win games. They are a damn good football team. So let's give them props. Bravo, Ohio State Buckeyes. But... Let's just say they beat Wisconsin. Okay, so what we're what we're looking at is a different scenario now. Now we're looking at who do we put in uh, the the uh, college football playoffs, and does Ohio State deserve a spot at the King's Table, if you will? Not necessarily. I think you you. Uh, I think that if you – when you look at the, the, the teams that are being considered, I guess the best way to put this is Wisconsin has a better a better argument saying, hey, we should be in there than Ohio State does. Now, Alabama is number five now. I, how many people are glad that Alabama is not in the, in the uh, top four, the final four, if you will? Uh, as far as the college football rankings, I know haters are going to hate, and I, I roll tide. Yeah, roll tide. They're a damn good football team too, and you know, you know, certainly uh, they they deserve their props. But I am so tired of seeing Alabama in the national championship game. I'm ready to see somebody else. So anybody but Alabama, I'm all for. So here's here's what you've got. You've got. The, the the conversation that you've got to have about Georgia, obviously. You've got to have the conversation about Clemson, Oklahoma. Uh, so who gets that? Because really all we're talking about is one slot. Who gets that one slot? If Ohio State beats Wisconsin, you got to look at the the other possibilities. Unfortunately goes back to what I just said. With, when you have human interaction, things get all jacked up. Now, part of what the job is of the committee is to do, not only, uh, and whether this is fair or not fair, but let's, let's, let's face it, you got to put butts in the seats. You got big TV contracts with the national championship. You, you got to have, have good ratings. 
Now, who's going to give you better ratings, Ohio State or Alabama? It could come down to that. It could come down to that. It's unfortunate, but it could come down to that. And then a lot of other different variables, don't get me wrong. There's certainly a lot of things that go into the play of making the decision on who's going to be in the college football championship. Again, we're, we're teasing this a little bit. We're just stirring the pot, letting it simmer a little bit, letting the aromas and the juices come together, letting it fuse. And then we'll get into a deep conversation. <laughs> Myself and Rick Riggin, Breaking Rank, brought to you by uh, Ambets. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly be talking with them, uh, <laughs> talking in more detail. Hey, I tell you what, guys, you have found the best sports talk show in the world. You, for, forget ESPN and all the mainstream people. You know, when, when it comes to just hanging out on a Saturday morning, and by the way, we appreciate those of you that are listening to us on our podcast, whether you're listening to us at your desk or at, at on your to, way, way to and from work or out in, your, in the garage or in your man cave or uh, out back uh, firing up the grill, drinking some beer. Whenever you're listening to us, uh, we are grateful to have you because, uh, you know, one of the things that we do here, this is the one place where fanatics can come together and talk about their favorite teams. We, what we try to do and I know we use this word loosely, uh, but we do try to bring you a sports from an analytical point of view. I mean a fan's point of view and, and give you an analytical breakdown. We do fail miserably on that sometimes, but hey, we do our best. Uh, and so we, we try to bring you breaking news and commentary, scores, stats, audio, and highlights. We also provide great interviews and sound bites. And, you know, we, we have people on our show all the time, and certainly our, our staple, our team of people uh, you hear every week, and we're going to bring them all on board here in just a few minutes. Mine is Ed, Ed Kratz is not going to be able to join us today. Uh, and no racing. So uh, our, our race team is off, uh, off season uh, for just a couple months here. Uh, and then when we get into the Daytona 500 talk, uh, Probably starting about the first of the year, yeah. So about a month or so, three or four weeks, we'll we'll we are going to give uh, racing a break on the show. And uh, you know, it's certainly in February. February is is the Daytona 500, so we'll get into uh, back into full swing, if you will. And then you know, it's only a hundred what 127 days until St. Petersburg, and then we're back on talk with with IndyCar. And so a lot's gone on in IndyCar. And so NASCAR and IndyCar and their off season, so we are taking a break from that. But we we do we bring you out, we have a lot of fun with this show, and you know we've been doing it over ten years now. Hard to believe we've hit that milestone. Uh, we started out as just a small little podcast, and uh, so we we have grown uh, from there. Joining us now from Evansville, Indiana, the one, the only who may or may not be. Uh, a part of the Stranger Things monster, I'm not sure. Rick Riggin, how are you, sir? Uh, you know what? Actually, I think I might be half Demogorgon. So, yes, I am part of that Stranger Things monster. <laughs> Demogorgon. That's the word I couldn't figure out. I was like, I was like monster. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I've, I'm, 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 I got one more episode to go of Stranger Things. And I, I'm hanging on to that for, for I don't know what reason. Maybe it's because I don't know if there's going to be a Stranger Things 3. I'm sure there will be, but, you know, 
I, I just I've got that one more episode to watch and so, you know. But hey, what do they say? Mornings are for coffee and contemplation, right? <laughs> I will tell you though, like uh, when we watched <laughs> the, the second season, uh the one thing that, that really sucks about it is you watch it all on Netflix all at once and then it's a whole year before the next one comes out and you get sucked into it, you know, for the two or three days or however long it takes you to watch it and then you have to wait a year or so for the next season. So maybe that's maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, well, you know, I had not watched it at all, and I, and I totally binged over Thanksgiving weekend and, and caught up on all of it except for the one episode. A friend of mine had watched it, and and she hadn't started uh, uh, season two, and so I was like, okay, well, let's go through this. So that's what I did, and so I, I got, got I got sucked in. Now, you know, I'm I'm like you. I'm ready. I'm ready for. Stranger Things three. I, I, you know, uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it or might be in the middle of it. Uh, plug your ears or or just walk away for a second. But in the in the in the end of uh, episode eight of season two, Eleven makes her way back and and finds uh, the the party again, the team again, uh, and gets reunited with them. And I'm, I'm glad to see that she did not fall over to the dark side, if you will. And I, I think they made that episode just to show us that there are more, uh, like eleven and like eight. Yeah, it, it was really a, kind of a turning point, I thought, because you know we see her as dressed and always the uh, the sundresses and just really innocent the way she, uh, even though we know her, knew of her powers, but she always looked real innocent. But when she found the group, you know, she's in the leather. She's wearing the all black. She's a she's a punk rocker, you know, whatever you want to call her. That, that's the group that she ran into. So, yeah, it's kind of the, a turning point when she's really starting to find herself. Well, I can tell you one thing. I'm on a curiosity voyage, and I need my paddles to travel, buddy. I need my paddles to travel. <laughs> That is a quote from the show, by the way. Okay. You know what? Let's let you go. <laughs> let me just let me just let me be out there all by myself without my paddles. Remember the remember the the uh, the scene uh, where see you can tell I'm a fresh Benzer because it's all still in my mind. But remember the the scene where he goes into the 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 uh, the kid that, who has the speech impediment or whatever his name is. Uh, he goes into yeah. the library and gets all these books. And she goes. Five yeah. books at a time. Five books at a time. She, he goes, well, look, one, two, three, four, five. She goes, you already have five checked out. I need my paddles. <laughs> I'm on a voyage of curiosity. These are my paddles. <laughs> we yeah, I got so you much. now. <laughs> <laughs> you back, you back you on. You you back off running. <laughs> I tell you what. Well, I tell you what, speaking of Stranger Things, want a dumpster fire down in Tennessee. We're going to get into that conversation in just a minute. Breaking rank is going to happen as well, and we're going to fuse in some NFL talk later on with Mo. Unfortunately, Ed's not going to be able to join us. Our thoughts and prayers are with him, certainly uh, as he's dealing with some uh, family, uh, very, very serious family issues. And let's just say that we need to keep him in our thoughts and prayers uh, today as he is uh, 
dealing with that. Uh, but we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente, and we'll get back. We're going to break down the Stranger Things in Tennessee, that dumpster fire in Tennessee. We're going to break down the Big Ten Championship and uh, the playoffs. And Mo joins us here in about 30 minutes, and we're going to uh, really uh, spend a lot of time talking about college football today. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente, myself, and Rick Riggin. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Bobby, you're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquisale, President. Hey, it's Big Ten Championship Weekend here in Indianapolis, and we're going to break down that game here in just a few minutes, Ohio State and Wisconsin. It's a, it's a sea of red and white uh, in downtown Indianapolis. Unfortunately, that red and white does not represent Indiana University, but does represent 
uh, the Big Ten Championship. Uh, Rick, we are going to get into that conversation here in a few moments. I want to talk about some of this uh, a big dumpster fire going on down in Tennessee here in a moment. Uh, but uh, talk with us a little bit about Ohio State, Wisconsin. Uh, I, you know, here's the thing. Wisconsin, as I was just talking a little bit before you came on, Wisconsin, if they win, they really have a legitimate argument that says they deserve a seat at the King's table. Uh, however, if Ohio State wins, that does not necessarily include them. And we might be looking at a situation where the Big Ten's not even represented, again, because we have the human factor. Do we want to go back to the computer model? I don't know. Uh, but it, certainly it all goes back to we need six teams, and I say six at-large teams, so that we can decide who truly is uh, the best uh, in, in college uh, football. But, of course, when we get six, we're going to want eight. When we get eight, we're going to want ten. It's just never going to stop. So I guess at some point you do got to draw the line. But at the end of the day, uh, the Big Ten Championship is going to have a lot of implications for somebody in the college football playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, Wisconsin is – they're already in right now the way it is. So, I mean, they're ranked fourth. So, if they win the day, I mean, they're just going to stay in and probably just increase their seating a little better. Uh, but if they end it today, Wisconsin will play Clemson and Auburn will play Oklahoma. But, of course, if uh, if it's all chalk, everybody wins. Uh, Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, that's going to leave Alabama out, obviously, and – no, nobody's top four is going to move up or down. They're, it's all going to be locked if everybody wins, like I just said today. And uh, without Alabama in, Tom, I think uh, that's going to persuade things for an 18 playoff because we got to find a way for Alabama in some way or another every year. And if they're not in this year, then I think uh, eight teams is coming down the road pretty soon. Well, that's exactly what I just said because here's the thing. At the end of the day, not only is the committee's job to figure out who the top four teams are uh, in, in 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 college, who the top four teams in college football are, uh, but also to put butts in the seat. And they got big TV contracts, so ratings is very very important. Say what you want, shouldn't come into play. But certainly one of the big factors that come into play every single year is what team is going to be the best as far as TV ratings and butts in the seats. And let's face it, Alabama can certainly do that. Yeah, they, they can definitely do that. But uh, the way they're sitting right now at five, uh, the only surefire way that they're getting in so far is if TCU beats Oklahoma. Because even if Ohio State beat, beats Wisconsin, the argument's going to be Ohio State or Alabama gets in. And right now, that's looking 50-50. So it, the argument's going to be a two-loss conference champion versus a one-loss team that didn't play for a conference championship. And Nick Saban himself, two years ago, was talking about Ohio State, said only conference champions should be allowed in the top four. So if you take it by his word, then Ohio State should get in over his own team because they won a conference championship with having two losses. We got somebody on the line here. Let's see who this is. Hi, welcome to the balance. Who's this? Lisa Wilkin. Good morning. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. Thank did, you. Did you. Hey, did you got have... a good question Go for you this morning? Is what can uh-huh. Purdue fans do to keep schools from poaching our new football coach that we all love? <laughs> well, that is a good that is a good question, uh, and and you know here's the, the thing. What one of the things I think as a Purdue fan, I'm not a Purdue fan personally. I'm an IU guy, but don't hold that against me. Lisa. Uh, but here, here, 
here's here's the thing. I think as a as a as a fan, you you got to be happy that you've got a coach that 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 are being sought by by national uh, teams like Tennessee, and certainly he didn't take the job. And, uh, and, and unfortunately for Tennessee, or fortunately for you, it came down to money, and and Tennessee wasn't willing to do the buyout. I don't know that there's anything that you can do outside of uh, creating some new rules and regulations, which I doubt is going to happen. I doubt that there's anything you can do to keep uh, coaches from being pursued, Rick. Yeah, Lisa, uh, here, here's the deal. The, there's rules in place for students when they transfer away to uh, other schools. You know, they can't go to schools that are on future schedules or they have to sit out a year. You know, there's those rules in place. I'm sure you know know about those. If we put those rules in place against coaches, I mean, if a head coach comes to you and sits in a kid's living room and recruits that kid to to your school, and then two months later, he's got a better job. That's not fair to the student he just recruited. So if we put those rules in place that coaches can't go to schools that are on future schedules, or they have to sit out a year, that will probably stop some of this. Uh, is trying to poach other coaches from you know the smaller programs. That's a pretty did, good did idea. I, I like that idea. Yes, it did. And I appreciate <laughs> your guys' football talk. We're at the AMVETS Winter Conference in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, where they're having the All Big right. Ten uh, Championship game. The hotel is full of Buckeyes and Cheeseheads. And we're not holding that against any of them because, you know, how we are. We're Hoosiers by birth and Boilermakers by the grace of God. Well, I appreciate it, and we certainly appreciate the AMVETS and everything they do for our show. Uh, And I know Rick is also involved with the AMVETS. So, Lisa, you have yourself a good day. Thanks for giving us a call. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. So, Good question, and I appreciate the call there, Lisa. Thanks for giving us a call, and, and, and thanks uh, for listening. Uh, the, the the Winter Conference, I thought you were going to that. Were you going to that? I plan on going to that, but I got some stuff going on this weekend, and I couldn't make it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. But I have plans on going to it, yes. All right, all right. Well, certainly AMVETS is our, our, our proud sponsor of Breaking Rank, and uh, thank you, Lisa, also for uh, giving us a call in and talking a little bit. But, you know, it brings up an interesting point. I think uh, really whether it's Purdue or, or you look at some of these other schools, I mean, look at look at Florida State, uh, uh, Bo Fisher leaving there headed out, out to Texas. Uh, I mean, I don't know that you there's anything, and it, certainly there's not been any in recent Days, there's not been anybody more guilty of poaching than the University of Tennessee. But that's just one school, one example, one year. Uh, it happens all the time. Uh, and I don't know that we could do anything to, to stop it because, let's, let's face it, coaches, uh, and we've talked about it on this show many times, Rick, and you and I and Mo and Ed have talked about it many times, and that is that these one-and-done uh, coaches, I'm not a big fan of that process myself, because, you know, anybody can have that fluke year. And as you and I talked about, at what point does a, a guy that's 6-6 six and six get an opportunity uh, for a team like University of Tennessee? i tell you at what point, uh, with the connections that he has uh, with, with uh, Louisville and, and the SEC. But also at what point is just because uh, the University of Tennessee uh, pushed the panic button and said, holy crap, we've got to find somebody, Rick. Yeah, so uh... – Tom, are you here now as the top candidates for Tennessee? 
Well, you know, we can, we, can, we can walk through this. It's certainly a quick rundown. Last Sunday, Tennessee reached a deal with Ohio State's defensive coordinator, Greg Shinano. Sh- Is that how you say it? He was with Penn State. Shiano. Shiano. Greg Shiano. And, and they reached a deal. He was going to be the coach, and, and Greg's going to get paid uh, big time. And, and, you know, we'll have a conversation about him for a moment here. Because I think really the University of Tennessee, as much as I like Clay Travis, he's taking credit for, hey, uh, him and his uh, uh, outkick army uh, on social media for really sparking this whole disaster. Because if we didn't have Twitter, if we didn't have the social media concept that we have now, Shiano would be the coach at University of Tennessee right now. Curry would still have his job right now. So as, you know, as as great as, as social media is, and, and, and I'm a, I'm a, I have to admit, I'm a loyal follower of, of Clay Travis. I love his show. I love what he talks about. But he certainly bleeds at University of Tennessee. And maybe, uh, but at the same time, at the same time, when you cast doubt and let social media uh, be the the judge, I don't know that Shiano knew anything more than what he knew. He was in that meeting uh, when when McQuarrie, I believe it was, that came in and said, "Hey, I just saw Sandusky doing something in the shower. He was as white as a as a ghost." And and that was it. That was all that he knew. That was what he dispositioned on. That's what he testified on. And that might be all that he knows. If that is all that he knows, should he be held responsible for something that he had nothing to do with? And certainly should he have lost his job at Tennessee because of that? And here's my, my, my thing. John Curry should have had enough sack to say, hey, this is my hire. You hired me to do a job. I did my job. I own this. If three or four years from now uh, we have another another Butch Jones conversation, so be it. But that's my hire. That's who we're going forward with. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, well, he certainly shouldn't have been defamed the way he, that he was, you know, when all this just went down with Tennessee. I mean, he's got a lawsuit going against Tennessee now, and I think that's rightfully so. That's exactly what I would it. do. He is going to win it. He's you know, definitely going to win it. Is, so he's going to get his full contract paid out plus some, and I just wonder, unfortunately, who who else is going to get put up in the mix because if Clay Travis is, and, and again, nothing against Clay Travis. I love his show. I love his work. He's great. He's great. I'm a I'm a huge fan of his. But you know, he's out there claiming victory for this, and certainly all over the airwaves, all over the nation. I wonder if if he could get dragged into this lawsuit, and, and unfortunately he could because if what he says is true, he stirred up the social media thing against Shiano, which started everything. He very well could get drawn into the mix. You think? Yeah, and the whole reason for it is just because Greg Shiano wasn't their guy. You know, they had John Gruden dangled in front of them, in front of all of them for a month, thinking he was a, a legit possibility. And uh, they talked to Greg Shiano, it's not the guy they're really wanting, and that's why this whole thing took place. It, it, it's really petty. And I, I think Greg Shiano is right by suing Tennessee now, and he should win it. I think he's going to win it, and, and he's right by doing it. Well, I tell you what, and, and, and you and I talked earlier this week on Via Texas stuff about it being a dumpster fire. Athletic Director John Curry, who was hired in February with the nudge-nudge implication uh, that he would be the man to hire uh, the Vols' next coach, uh, has himself been fired after each of his seemingly countless attempts to make a hire exploded for a lot of reasons. Now, I think fans should have a voice in the hire of their coach. But once the hire is done, the hire is done, it is what it is. And uh, 
Now, I guess Philip Fulmer, uh, obviously the, the former uh, Tennessee head coach, is going to be uh, the guy uh, in the AD director. It certainly led them to the national championship. I believe it was in 1998. Uh, you know, we know, Rick, and you and I follow college football, so we probably know this better than anybody. College football is a sport known for its high ceiling high ceilingness, ridiculousness, craziness, but I can't remember in any college football story being as as blatantly, stupidly absurd as this. No, I've never seen anything like this as far as the coaching search goes, and it, it's really just going to lead them to getting some assistance that nobody's heard of anywhere because nobody that you've ever heard of is going to touch this university right now. Like their top target now is going to be Mike Leach. Well, Curry was just fired in California while he was talking to Mike Leach. So you think Mike Leach is going to take this job now? No. Uh, I, I don't see anybody with, with a name and a good coaching reputation taking over Tennessee. It's going to be some assistant somewhere that nobody's ever heard of. The uh, The fan base is going to be pissed about it, and but Tennessee has done this to themselves. And, the uh, you know, they fired two or three. They got Butch Jones out of there. They got Curry out of there. Now that they got to get the Haslam's away from the program, too, because the Haslam's are the ones that are, you know, they got a lot to do with the Cleveland Browns. So it's kind of like, you know, the same thing that the Browns are going through is wearing off on the balls, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And you got to look at the other dots that were connected here. They they fired Butch Jones, okay, and I think they thought they could they could get Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was their guy. Well, and then the the extended arms, if you will, on this is – well, uh, UCLA said, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. We want Chip Kelly. Jim Moore, you're fired. Chip Kelly, you're hired. Chip Kelly much would rather be uh, in the Pac-12, a much better suit, much better hire for UCLA. Chip Kelly went the right direction. UCLA did the right direction. But had Butch Jones never been fired and they started going after Chip Kelly, Jim Moore probably would still be the coach. So there's, there's a lot of extending of arms that have, that have happened with this Tennessee thing. And in a lot of ways, maybe, Rick, this has changed uh, either for the good or for the bad. This has changed the landscape of college football coaching. You know, uh, like, like, we, like I was saying last, last Sunday, Tennessee reached that deal with uh, Shiano uh, to be the successor to Butch Jones. Uh, To date, Shiano, uh, I I think, is one of the worst uh, coaches that the school could have even attempted to hire. He's not a good coach. He's not a good coach. Look at what he did at Rutgers. He got fired from Tampa just because he was with Ohio State as a defensive coordinator does not make him a good coach. So he should have never been put in that place to begin with, but yet he was, and here we go. And the, and certainly, uh, as Clay Travis uh, likes to take uh, leadership for uh, the, the, the fan base, giving the voice of it. So then they tried to hire uh, Duke's David Cutluff. Nope, uh, he loves Duke, Duke too much. Then we bring it a little bit closer to home that, that – uh, Lisa was talking about on her call, Jeff Brom, uh, who's had a great season, uh, that off and off, 6-6, six and six, uh, going to a bowl game, and now all of a sudden he's worthy of a job at University of Tennessee. We're not, when we say worthy, we're still, we're, I'm guilty now talking like University of Tennessee is one of those premier marquee spots. It's not, it's not a destination anymore. That's why you have an endless list of coaches saying no. Oklahoma State, uh, Mike Gundy said no. North Carolina State, uh, Dave Doreen said no. Uh, Mike Leach, 
which got Curry fired, by the way, because apparently uh, he was talking uh, to Mike Leach behind the backs of, of the chancellor and the president of, of uh, Ten- University of Tennessee had not given him permission. At the end of the day, he's the athletic director. Why does he need permission to talk to people about an open hiring uh, position? I'm going nuts here. I'm going to uh, blow a blood vessel before this is all over, Rick. <laughs> and, and, and here's another problem we haven't addressed yet. I know we're probably going to be getting to it pretty soon, but another big problem Tennessee has is the fact that Florida State is open right now. And now they got to compete against Florida State for a head coach, which is a much more stable program these oh, days. Oh, yeah. As, <laughs> you know, that's what they got to compete with, you know, Florida State and their coaching hire. So, I mean, it, it is not good times right now for Tennessee. It has been by far, though, the most interesting thing on Twitter this week. So we'll see what's going to happen with the former taking over as uh, athletic director. Uh, but I'm thinking these big-name guys they're going after, that's all that's going to be a no-go from here on out. It, it's it's going to be an assistant like uh, – like Mississippi State just hired Joe Moorhead from Penn State, offensive coordinator. I think uh, Tennessee is going to get a guy like that. Right. So, you know, it, it, it certainly we're, we're going to be tuned into this. And <laughs> who knows? They may have three more coaches before this show's over say no to Tennessee. You're right. Uh, Butch Jones leaving. I mean, I, I, again, I'm going back to Lisa's call. I, it's 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 okay. He's earned the job. I obviously, obviously, he's one of the top quarterbacks in college football. He's earned the job. Could we wait till off season? I mean, because they're going to come back and they're going to play um, uh, Louisiana. Uh, they're going to be playing somebody in, in the in the. Uh, in the uh, championship game, anyway, I can't remember who it is, and that's gonna that's gonna get them a, a, a bowl game at least. Yeah, I'm who, sorry, I'm, talking I'm sorry, I'm, t- I'm talking about Florida State, but I'm talking about Florida, oh, Florida State. State. In yeah, Butch they're, Jones. they're playing a yeah, they're playing Louisiana Monroe. It it was uh, postponed because the hurricane back when the season started got pushed back to uh, yeah. today. So that's, yes, yeah, there you go. That's that's what that's what it is, and then they have a bowl game. I mean, I, it just looks to me like. If you're a coach of a team, the team, yeah, will understand you've got to move on and do other things. But let's let's do it in the off season. Let the focus be on your team, especially when you're going to a bowl game. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. But uh, uh, Florida, Florida State now needs a coach. You're right. If if somebody has a choice between Tennessee and Florida State at this very moment, at this very moment, any of your any of your elite people that are in the pool to pick from, which they've pretty much exhausted. Will any of those people that we just named would go to uh, Florida State in a, in, a, in a heartbeat? Maybe Florida oh, State definitely. needs to hire Shiano. <laughs> I, I mean, know, they already the, talked to the the about it. big names out there already, you know, in line for that job. So, I mean, it's going to be rough for Tennessee. No. No, obviously that was a joke. Shiano's not going to get hired oh, anywhere. Yeah. And and it should be it should be because he's not a good coach. It's a good coordinator, but it should be because he's not a good coach. It shouldn't be because he's being attached to the Penn State scandal. Yes, he was on the staff of Sandusky. Yes, he was part of a meeting, and yes, he was part of the hearings and the dispositions. But that's as far as it goes. I, I don't think he should be held responsible for anything that happened at Penn State as far as making a coaching decision, and that's what's going to happen with him, and that's exactly what we said is, is going to get paid. Uh, well, 
we, we've uh, we've uh, hung around Tennessee long enough. Let's uh, let's stir the pot a little bit more uh, with the playoffs. As we talked about Ohio State and um, Ohio State and Wisconsin, the Big Ten championship. So here's what we got: college football playoff rankings as we know it right now: Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Alabama, number five, Georgia, number six, eleven and one. Having that conversation on of eleven and one teams, Alabama, Georgia, and then you look at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is ten and two. If they win today, they'll be eleven and two. I don't see that you could put Ohio State in the playoffs at all when you've got Georgia and Alabama sitting where they're sitting, Rick. Yeah, well, Georgia's going to have to win. I mean, the SEC champion is getting in, even if Auburn two losses, they're, they're getting in if they win today. Uh, if TCU beats Oklahoma. That's how Alabama's getting in, uh, 100%, because TCU won't get in the playoffs over Oklahoma that way, and Oklahoma would be completely out. Uh, but if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, now we have a debate. That's kind of the chaos we've been talking about all season long, the two-loss conference champion getting in over a one-loss team like Alabama that's not playing for a championship. So that is where it's going to get dicey or, you know, Today isn't going to matter if Miami beats Clemson because Miami's going to get in that way. So it, it really just comes down to TCU and Oklahoma and Wisconsin, Ohio State for out to uh, make Alabama's case. Well, no, you're right about that. I mean, I mean TCU is ten and two, but so is Ohio State ten and two, Auburn ten and two. So you do have a ten and two team in the top four. So it's it's going to get hairy before. Here's the other thing that's kind of going to dilute the waters, and you and I talked about this as well. The the excuse me, the athletic director for Clemson and Ohio State both are on the committee, so they have to excuse themselves from the conversation of voting for their particular school. So that so we started with 13, that leaves us down with 11. There's also a couple of people that are affiliated in one way or another, whether it be family members that attend the school or Falcony members or what have you, of, of some of the other schools that are uh, IE SEC. So that brings it down to a little bit more. And really what I think when, it all, when it's all said and done, we have nine people deciding on who's going to to be in the final four, Rick. Yeah, well, that's good anyway, because at least it's not like an, an even number, you know, so we can't have a tie that way, too. So nine numbers is cool, uh, but I, I think they're all secretly hoping that everybody in the top four just wins today and then makes their job easier. Right. So if Wisconsin wins today, we, we don't have a conversation at all. They're in. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're in now. Okay. If they win, they're not getting knocked out. So, you know, they're, they're ranked third. Yeah. So they're staying in. <laughs> third or fourth. Well, you yeah. know, unfortunately, and, and we'll get, we'll certainly get into this game more detail with Mo. And they're, they're, uh, they're, the, the line is six and a half. Ohio State is favored six and a half. At least that's what it was when I looked at it yesterday. So we, we, we have some chaos here because Ohio State's coming to win today. And let, let, let's face it, they, they have the history and they have the talent to beat Wisconsin. But there again, Wisconsin is a damn good team this year. They're 12-0, they're and 0, but yeah, you might say they've not played anybody, but yet they're still 12-0 and 0 in, a, in, a Big Ten, in, in the Big Ten. Yeah, and I'm not going to look at their strength of record or strength of schedule right now. Uh, earlier, a few weeks ago, we was talking about them. I was kind of on that, on that boat. 
but I have watched him play a, a couple games just waiting for the hires to play and watching the games that are on. I've watched Wisconsin. Uh, they are a really good football team. And you go back and you think about what Iowa did to Ohio State a few weeks back, uh, a few weeks back in Iowa. Uh, this same thing could happen because uh, the way Wisconsin runs that pro-style offense and really slows the clock down, it's going to be a neutral field. I know Ohio State's a six-point favorite, but I, I'm not convinced that they're uh, really going to win this game because Ohio State did not look that great against Michigan last week, and now they're playing a, a similar team uh, as far as concepts go, offensive defense, but a much more talented team than Michigan is. And watch out for Wisconsin. I mean, I, I think they can get the win. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ohio State has has had a tendency to not prepare as well as they should in what they might consider mediocre teams. That's how Iowa beat them. So maybe Wisconsin was able to pick some things off that tape as well because, let's face it, even though Iowa was nowhere in this conversation as far as being in the playoffs or, or any, anything that we're talking about, but Iowa is going to be in the conversation with the committee and say, well, look, if we put Ohio State in, now we've got to answer the fact, why did we put Ohio State in, didn't put Alabama in, and Iowa beat uh, Ohio State. And, like you said, Michigan didn't play very well. I mean, they didn't play very well against Michigan. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I know that they beat Indiana hands down, but if you keep going down the, the, the path and you look at how they've played this year, Indiana stayed right with them at least for a half. Right. You know, Ohio State, they're not even great in in one particular thing. They're good in, in several things, but not great in, in anything really. But the problem I see they have is they rely way too much on J.T. Barrett for his performance. If J.T. Barrett doesn't show up, you know, if he has a bad game, or we saw him against Michigan and actually got injured, so something like that, he tweaks, retweaks his injury, has to come out, uh, they're in a lot of trouble because they rely way too much on J.T. Barrett. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's play devil's advocate for a moment. We've got the top four, Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin. As we just said, if Wisconsin wins, there is no discussion. We've got our, we've got our final four. We move on. Let's say that happens. Wisconsin wins. We've got Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin in the final four. Who goes to the final game uh, in that scenario? It's the way it looks right now. I, man, it's tough, but I, I would say – I would like to see uh, Clemson and Oklahoma go because I think that would be exciting because the Oklahoma offense is really exciting. Clemson looks like the all-around best team in the country right now. That would be a great game. I I would say right now Clemson-Oklahoma in that scenario. In that scenario, absolutely. Well, the scenario is now we've got to take a break. My name is Tom Martin, Sal President, 917-889-8516. I appreciate your calls today. Uh, And we'll be joined by Mo from the BS Sports Show, who's going to be joining us here in just a moment when we get back. We're going to talk about the Big Ten Championship right here in Indianapolis. We're going to break that down by the X's and the O's. And, yes, again, we're going to continue our conversation a little bit about the University of Tennessee and that dumpster fire and the college football playoffs as we know it may or may not happen tomorrow night. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, tonight, at the end of the day, we will know if we have chaos or if we just know we have a Final Four. My name's Tom Marklis. I'll be back with Rick Riggin and Mo from the BS Sports Show right here on the Balance Radio Network. Oh, look out!
Bobby, you're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. All right, and welcome back to the balance final half hour of the show, and then we'll have our little bit of our balance extra, which our NFL talk might get moved to that. Uh, <coughs> although uh, we will have to try to see if we can squeeze that in because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, and certainly, our thoughts and prayers are with Ed Kratz. He's not able to join us as he's dealing with some pretty significant things with his family, and uh, we just need to say that you need to give him his thoughts and prayers, and he wishes that he could be with us, but certainly uh, I know very well that uh, we do not want him on the show today, uh, and that's uh, not anything bad against him, but certainly thoughts and prayers. Mo, uh, Mo from the BS uh, Sports Show joins us as well. Rick Riggin is still with us, our official college football contributor. Uh, Mo, we'll have you chime in on a couple things, and then we'll get into this Big Ten championship game. First of all, uh, chime in on this dumpster fire down in Tennessee. Wow, 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 wow. Now we've got Florida State open and uh, the craziness of uh, the coaching carousel in the NCAA uh, has just gotten crazier. And I tell you what, if you if you are – this is like a crazy bad reality show down in Tennessee, uh, Mo. Well, you know, it is. And, and honestly, I, I hope that uh, it continues to be terrible. When you've got – these reports are true of uh, the new AD, Phil Fulmer, trying to sabotage some of 
Jeff Curry's hires uh, and calling coaches and telling them this isn't a good place to go just so he could take over as the AD. I think it's a real douchey move. And I hope it's uh, it's terrible and they don't succeed. I think they uh, their fan base and themselves have this holier than now uh, type of uh, uh, feeling and you know do something first to prove that you didn't win a damn game in your conference. It's uh, it's terrible. And now I just sit back and laugh because I think it's absolutely funny that nobody wants to coach that team. Oh, the list is endless. We went through the list a while ago. We won't we won't bore you with the list again because you already know. And and Rick, he makes a very valid point. We didn't even get into that part of the conversation. The new AD uh, politic for this job just uh, in in he's basically sabotaging. Like I said, uh, Curry uh, unfortunately uh, got hired in February uh, and didn't quite do the things he didn't. He, he may not be the smartest tool in the shed, but they didn't. They certainly handicapped him and not letting him do his job, Rick. Yeah, you know, we started to touch on it, talk about how he got fired, you know, as he's up there trying to recruit Mike Leach. And uh, then we had to call her, so he kind of just got away from it. Uh, mm. But, yeah, is that the thing with Fulham Fulmer is crazy because just, you know, pretty young guy, so he's Fulmer, you know, through my high school days and everything as a head coach. And I've always seen him as a stand-up type of guy. You know, and I always thought Tennessee was a reflection of him when he was coaching. But uh, if this is true, this this is crazy. I have a whole new, different outlook on Philip Fulmer, and I, I'm with Mo. I mean, I hope the uh, the woes continue if this is true. Well, the thing about Fulmer is, and, and that's a self-created god that they did down there. I mean, outside of Peyton Manning, I don't know that there's a bigger person in that community. Uh, Clay Travis likes to think that he is. But nonetheless, there's there's not a uh, bigger person than Fulmer, and he carries that weight. And if he is using it to his advantage and maybe not to the advantage of, of Tennessee, so we'll see what happens. But certainly that the any one of those people that uh, got offered the job at Tennessee will take the job at Florida State at any point and, and obviously that's that's a that's a huge big market uh not necessarily big market but big name uh, team with a, with a great uh it's one of those teams that we would call mo a destination team what are your thoughts on who uh now that butch uh, I'm, yeah now that let me start over now that florida state's uh, head coaching position is open uh, uh jimbo fisher goes out to texas i i think they could have waited till the end of the season to do this but who do you think they focus on? Who do they hone hone in on? Oh, John Gruden? <laughs> Had to go there. Had to go there. Cha-ching, ching Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I don't know who stands out to me yet for uh, for that job. I'm sure they'll talk with Kevin Sumlin. How ironic would it be if they uh, Texas A&M and, and Florida State just flip-flop coaches? It would be, uh, be uh, something different to see. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that it's been a destination. You know, we're only a couple years removed from him winning the national championship, but They've struggled the last couple of years. It's a great place to recruit, but there's a lot of competition. Uh, you know, and, and arguably they're playing one of the toughest conferences in the country. So it, it's a great job with a lot of tradition. And you've got the fact that Jimbo Fisher was the guy that followed the legend. So, you know, it, it hopefully will be a little easier for the next coach uh, in there. But, uh, you know, I, I don't – there's nobody that really jumps out at me uh, yet. I'm going, you know, that, that, could be the, that could be the guy. There's, there's no sitting coach that I think – would be a huge coup for them because Nick Saban's not going to Florida State. Uh, Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh aren't going to Florida State. So I don't know who the big coup or the big name uh, would be at this point where you can just go, oh, wow, that's, that's great. So I, I don't know that there's one that, uh, that necessarily sticks out uh, in my mind yet. 
All right, guys, well, let's get into the down by the numbers. Uh, we got uh, our, our top four, as we know, and, and Alabama's not in it. Yay. But as we also talked about, this game tonight has big implications on whether or not Alabama is in the playoffs. And if you're like me and you don't want to see Alabama in the playoffs, go Wisconsin. But let's break it down by the numbers. We'll start with the Wisconsin. We'll start with you, Rick. Uh, the Wisconsin Badgers are 12-0. Uh, they're in the Big Ten Championship against Ohio State. We've been here, done that before. Uh, certainly both teams uh, know each other very, very well. What does Wisconsin have to do? Because all they have to do, in our, in our opinion, and I think we all agree on this, all they have to do is win today and they're in what do they have to do to beat a really really good urban meyer ohio state uh, football team i think all they have to do is just stick with what got them there i think they're just like iowa but a, a lot more talented than iowa and you saw iowa destroy ohio state a few years ago i think wisconsin has the exact same capability at a more talented level than iowa and and, and pulling off this win today and i think wisconsin will beat ohio state and i think they actually did it by a couple of scores Mo, what are your thoughts on the Wisconsin Badgers and doing what they have to do to beat Ohio State to get into the playoffs? Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Can they do what they have to do? Uh, Wisconsin, the last few years, has taken a huge dump in big games. And if you remember a couple of years ago when they just got destroyed, it wasn't by Ohio State's starting quarterback or even their second-string quarterback. It was by a backup, their third-string quarterback in Cardell Jones. And, uh, you know, we could see – uh, Haskins today, and if I'm if I'm Wisconsin, I don't want to see him. I'd rather play against J.T. Barrett. Michigan hung in the game last week a lot more, uh, and we're ahead when it was J.T. Barrett playing the quarterback position, not not Haskins. I think uh, he brought a different kind of look to this team, a different spark. And if I'm Wisconsin, I, I hope that Barrett plays today after that minor uh, arthroscopic knee surgery the other day. So uh, you know, Wisconsin just has to they have to show up, and uh, we haven't seen that in the past in these uh, big games uh, when it's uh, come to that. And I, I think the committee is just itching to get Ohio State and Alabama uh, in the in the uh, fourteen playoffs. So let's hope the Badgers win today, and we can uh, we can have a little different mix in this uh, top four. Mo, what are your thoughts? And, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, Rick and I did. You've got the athletic director of Clemson on the committee. You've got the athletic director of Ohio State on the committee. And then you also have some people that are somehow connected to the SEC, whether it be family members that are faculty members or family members that are students. And, and so that, that handful of people have to basically excuse themselves from voting. They're not allowed to vote. So that really brings us down to a, a finite number of people that can vote for the, the championship uh, playoffs, and that number would be somewhere around nine. I don't think it's an even number. I do think it's an odd number. It's nine or 11. I'll have to go back and check that. But either which way, that problem could be avoided completely if, if you can't be on the committee if you have that kind of conflict any way, which way, shape, or form. You can't even be on the committee. You're, you're excused from the committee. And then we, we – and then – we have had the conversation about six teams, six teams at large, and if Alabama doesn't get in, as Rick pointed out earlier, that's going to be their argument. That's going to be their megaphone as to why we need uh, six teams, Mo. Well, you know, I've been thinking about this all week, how we could do it. I think you and I texted a little bit about uh, how, how do you figure out how to get uh, impartial people on, and if you look at people who mm-hmm. follow football and are close to it, how do you find somebody who doesn't have a rooting interest for one of these teams? So my solution that I've come up with, is you find uh, athletic directors or coaches from the 
FCS schools, find these smaller schools, and put them on the committee. They have no rooting interest. They're not going to play these teams unless they get paid a ton of money to go do it and, and just get murdered by some of these teams. Let's find some or some athletic directors from some NAIA schools and, and put them on this committee so we can try to have as most impartial uh, committee as possible. Well, it'll never happen, but you know, if you want to find the most impartial people that also know about football, maybe that's the place to go. But to find a totally impartial committee where there's no rooting interest ever, I think it's going to be an extremely hard thing to do. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, cluster. And, you know, because of the money, it's going to grow. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, regardless of who gets screwed, who doesn't make it. As the money continues to follow it, it will, it will continue to grow. And it'll probably sooner than later. Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, national championship game being here in Indianapolis. I believe it's in 2020, I believe. Either which way, <laughs> we'll see if we still have four teams at, at that point. Uh, Mo, in your, uh, in your thoughts, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, if Wisconsin wins, they're in, and we, we don't have this conversation. It's just Alabama's out, and that's just how it is. We've got our four. Uh, if Ohio State wins, we've got chaos. Uh, who wins? Well, I, I think Wisconsin wins, but I think there's still a slight chance that Wisconsin wins and they still don't make it. I think there's that possibility out there because I don't think that anybody on this committee wants Wisconsin in, in this thing because they want the eyeballs uh, for the TV show. So uh, I, I, it's going to be hard to keep them out. I don't know how you do it. But uh, I listened to a couple people the other day. They said there's still a slight chance they don't make it uh, should the game be close and a, a couple other games be a blowout. So, I think Wisconsin wins. I, I hope they show up today, and I hope it keeps uh, Ohio State out. Uh, I hope we figure out a way to keep Alabama out uh, just because of reputation that they, they don't deserve to be in. You know, they it wasn't like they just slightly lost at Auburn. Auburn handled them pretty well. Uh, so I'm hoping that we see. I wouldn't have a problem with the final four teams that we have now playing for the national championship. All right, guys, let's talk about some of these other games that are going on today with the top four teams. Uh, I mean, good luck to Fresno and, and, and Boise State, and good luck to uh, uh, Memphis and UCF, and, and good luck to uh, uh, Stanford and U.S. Well, not good luck to uh, Stanford and USC because that game's already over. Sorry. Overspoke there. Uh, I think uh, USC won that game. Okay, guys, but let's talk about games that really – we say matter. It matters to us in, in the point of our conversation, not that the other games don't matter. Certainly one of the biggest games that we think might have that, uh, that might create some chaos, uh, Mo, and that's uh, uh, Oklahoma in the number two slot right now going against number 10, TCU. If TCU finds a way to beat Oklahoma, let's face it, TCU can find a way to beat Oklahoma. That, again, creates an opening for conversation and debate. Mo? Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma loses to me, and they're out. We've seen – uh, Big 12 schools be left out over the past few years, so I think Oklahoma loses, and, and they're done, and the Big 12's done. So I, I want to see Oklahoma play for the national championship. I really love watching that football team. I really love watching the way Baker Mayfield plays. Uh, I think it's exciting to watch, and probably the most exciting quarterback uh, in, in this whole darn thing, and, and probably the Heisman winner. So I hope uh, Oklahoma figures out a way to pull it off. Not for, not that I hate TCU by any means, and they're not a good football team, but. Uh, the thought of watching Baker Mayfield play in, in a game like this, just with as much passion as he brings, to me that's uh, that's exciting. Rick, uh, your thoughts on TCU and Oklahoma today? Yeah, this game to me, like we talked about earlier, this has the only uh, potential of uh, chaos happening where Alabama gets back in if TCU beats Oklahoma. 
I don't think TCU beat Oklahoma, but if that was to happen, this is the one surefire way where Alabama sneaks back in because, like we talked about with Ohio State, Wisconsin, if Ohio State wins, there's still some chaos. There's still a vote in the committee. Put Ohio State in, put Alabama in, you know, two-loss conference champion versus one-loss team with no conference championship. What do you do there? But uh, this game right here contains the only, like, surefire way Alabama can just get right back into it and uh, not have to worry about the uh, Ohio State-Wisconsin game. Um, Rick, let's talk about your favorite team, uh, Miami, uh, Florida against Clemson <laughs> But I don't know. The, 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 I mean, Miami, if they beat Clemson, oh, my God, that's not going to change the playoff scenario, I don't think. But it certainly is going to – it's going to be a huge uh, – Breaking story, I guess. I, I, if Miami beats Florida today, I don't know that that's going to change their playoff positions. Do you think? Yeah, it will knock Clemson completely out, and Miami be in. It's not going to matter as far as the uh, ACC goes in the playoff because the winner of this game is getting in the playoff, and the other one is just going to be done and out. Uh, but Miami really? winning will okay. be a huge upset. Oh yeah, definitely because I, I think uh, I think Clemson is the all-around best team in the country, even with the loss of Syracuse. So it'll be an upset, I do believe. But either either one that wins is in the playoff, and the other team is out. So the ACC position, it's just going to turn determine one or four. But the ACC is going to be in uh, whoever wins this game today. Mo, what are your thoughts on Miami and Clemson? Number one, Clemson against number seven, Miami. Uh, you know, I, I think Pittsburgh exposed some holes in the Miami game in Miami uh, a week or so ago, and you know. I, Maybe they're not as good as we thought. I, I don't know. The, uh, the I like the defense uh, of Miami. It'll be fun to watch them against that offense of Clemson. Uh, but I think Rick's right. I think whoever wins is probably in, unless uh, the committee figures out a way how to sneak both Ohio State and Alabama in. Because uh, to me, guys, that that's the, the committee, regardless, wants those two teams in there somehow, some way. So can they figure out how to make a case if, if Clemson loses? how to keep Miami out and slide either uh, Ohio State or uh, uh, Alabama into that spot. Uh, don't be shocked. I mean, I, I agree with Rick. I think the winner should be in for sure. But don't be shocked if uh, if the committee can figure out a way if Ohio State would win and, uh, and Miami beats Clemson to try to sneak them in too. There's, they're just waiting for a way to figure out how to sneak one, if not both teams in. So uh, it, that's one way to instantly turn me off would be to do that. We saw – Ohio State get in last year, then like an Amazon driver drop a huge deuce against the uh, when they got blown out. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I actually get that reference too, Mo. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what he's talking about, Rick? No, I had no idea, but it's funny. Just see if it's oh, <laughs> you have to go- you'll have to Google it. Uh, uh, somebody's uh, camera caught a female uh, defecating outside of her vehicle after dropping off a uh, Amazon delivery in the driveway of uh, said person. (laughs) You gotta go, you gotta go, go, but at least, hey, maybe you could have gone on down the road a little bit. That's great. That was perfect timing, Mo. That was was awesome. I loved it. All right, Georgia and Auburn uh, today. uh, I mean, obviously, we saw Auburn beat Alabama, and we've seen Georgia have a very good season. This is a good game. What are the implications uh, with that uh, game, Mo? Well, you know, this is a game where if it's really close and exciting game, I like to see both of these teams make it 
uh, as opposed to letting Alabama in if this game can be competitive uh, all the way to the end. And as I said, I'd I'd like to see both of these teams try to make it in uh, to this playoff. I I like Georgia a lot. They've been fun all year. And and Auburn has just just been outstanding all around. Uh, Defense, offense, I loved watching the the game last week against Alabama. So if if somebody's going to be knocked out as opposed to putting Alabama in, I'd rather see uh, both of these teams make it. I think both of these teams would make uh, great playoff teams. Rick, uh, your thoughts on Georgia and Auburn today at 4 o'clock? Yeah, it's just like the ACC championship game. The winner of this game is automatically going to be in. I know Georgia's sitting at 6 right now, but they win. They're going to be in, and it's probably just going to bump Auburn out. Uh, I know, Mo, that you're right. I would like to see both these teams in over Alabama, and I think both these teams in the playoff will actually be great. Uh, standing up against Oklahoma and Clemson, Auburn and Georgia would be a fantastic Final Four but I, I just don't see that working out that way. I think the loser of this game is just automatically out. The winner is automatically in. Well, guys, let's uh, let's uh, talk about this uh, scenario here, and we'll kind of go around the horn here. Uh, at the end of the day, we've got a, a day full of football like any uh, Saturday, but today is a very special Saturday because it's either going to create chaos and give us a lot of stuff to talk about and give me show prep for the next week, or it's going to give me show prep just to talk about the Final Four. So let's uh, kind of go with, with what we – just you, you feel free to to put whoever you want in there, uh, even if it doesn't make sense. But uh, we'll start with you, Rick. Here's what we've got in in, in as uh, as of right now: uh, Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's twelve and zero. Oklahoma's eleven and one. Auburn's ten and two. Clemson is eleven and one. Uh, and then we've got Alabama also is eleven and one. As we've talked about a lot on this show, uh, the committees might find a way, and we'll try to find a way if they can get and 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 force Alabama into the Final Four. So without saying oh Alabama automatically, you can say Alabama, but who's going to be your top four at the end of today? Uh, at the end of the day, just my prediction, I think everybody in the top four actually wins today, and it creates really no drama for the committee. And the only drama is going to be Alabama being left at, at number five and left out of the playoff. And I think if the committee cannot find a way to put Alabama in, that's where we go to six or eight teams here in the very, very, very near future because I just don't think college football's uh, playoff committee can survive without having Alabama in. You think Alabama is really that much of an important? Why? Why? What makes Alabama outside of the fact that they've won national championships? But they've won national championship because they're in the the, the playoffs. Not that they're not a good team. Not that Nick Saban's not a good coach. But what is it, uh, uh, Mo and Rick? What is it? Do you think that makes Alabama such a a binding glue for the NCAA committee, Rick? Uh, I remember at one time uh, the SEC had had a whole thing with ESPN, and the ESPN is really the driving force behind this playoff committee, and if they're still getting the SEC dollars, because they're hurting for money now, they're firing all their employees, uh, it might have something to do with that. If they can't get any SEC ratings with Alabama being in, or because uh, that, that's, that's, their, that's their main force in the SEC and for ESPN, I'm not sure if that's still the deal in place, but I know that used to be at one time uh, the SEC and ESPN were hand-in-hand. 
Well, here's the thing. They didn't fire them. They laid, they laid them off. An interesting concept that I heard Clay Travis talking about this week on his show, uh, he has a, a gal that comes on that's on ESPN that was laid off, and uh, they hate Clay, Clay Travis over there anyway. Uh, but they told her that she is no longer allowed to go on his show because she is technically still under contract with them. So that's why they're laying them off, so they could keep them under contract and keep them underneath their thumb. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. They're, 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 they're needing money bad. Uh, Mo, what are your thoughts on why is Alabama such a, a glue factor, and who's your final four? Well, I mean, remember, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a TV show, and every good TV show needs a villain. And Alabama is, other than people who are fans of the program, are, are the Duke of, uh, of college football. They're the villain. So you, I think people want them in there. They bring eyeballs because people want to see them get beat. The game was so highly rated last week against Auburn because people, I think a lot of people tuned in. They didn't give a damn about Auburn. They tuned in to watch Alabama and hopefully lose. So I, I think that's the reason that people want them in because they bring eyeballs, whether it's because they have their, their fans or it's because that people want to watch them get beat and every good TV show needs a villain. Uh, my final four, I would like to see uh, Mercer, Montana State, uh, Tennessee, <laughs> and Buffalo. No, uh, there you go. You know, here's the thing, and I, I was pissed last year. If you can't even play for your conference championship, you shouldn't play in the final four. You know, if you can't be a conference champion, you can't even win your own damn conference. You shouldn't be able to win the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this final four stays where it's at. I'm gonna say that uh, even unlikely that uh, all the favorites win, and we keep the final four where it's at. You know, Mo, well, uh, that that's actually. Uh, I'm glad you said that because that's actually Nick Saban's words when he's talking about Ohio State two years ago, and now he's in that same position, and he's begging for the committee to put him back in. I think it's so funny because at the beginning of the year, he's calling the ranking system and the media all rat poison, and now he's lobbying to these same people he called rat poison to put them back in the top four. It's hilarious. I love it. Well, here, here's my, my my thoughts on this as far as uh, the the Alabama, and I I agree with Mo. I mean, the, every every show needs a villain, and Alabama is definitely our villain, and Alabama can definitely do rankings. I you know obviously I think Clemson I think they're in Auburn in Oklahoma. I think Alabama is going to push Big Ten out of the out of the the conversation, but I think. Ohio State wins tonight, and I think that opens up a, a conversation for debate because then you have to move Wisconsin out. Then you've got to have the conversation on is Ohio State in or is Ohio State not in, and, and if they're not in, then, then Alabama is in. And I think Ohio State would, in my opinion, maybe I maybe this is just wishful thinking because I'm a Big Ten fan, um, would likely have the edge over Alabama in, in a playoff debate. Uh, but, you know, there's there's – some scenarios. So Clemson beats Miami. Uh, Oklahoma uh, beats uh, uh, TCU. Georgia uh, beats Auburn. Ohio State beats Wisconsin. Uh, I think that if that happens that way, you've got to have a conversation about Ohio State getting in to the playoffs, maybe, because here's what it would come down to. Alabama got beat by Auburn. But Ohio State got beat by Iowa. Does that have much of a, of a factor? Probably not because of the fact that uh, Auburn's a stronger team. So then you go with that. But then they beat Wisconsin, who's undefeated. And so Alabama has not beat any undefeated teams. I think in a lot of ways this could put them in, in, in a light of saying, okay, 
but there again, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a toss-up. But I think that, that Mo's right in a lot of ways. They're going to find a way to get uh, Alabama in there. The question is, how do they do this without uh, – well, we, 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 we love chaos. We love chaos. But how do they do this without creating an obvious, blatant, biased love for uh, Alabama? Much like the mainstream media proves every day that they have for the Democrat Party, but that's a different show. Go ahead, Mo. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think if you stack the resumes up to, against each other, if, if Ohio State does win the day, you know, who was Alabama's big thing to win? Florida State at the beginning of the year, who wound up being terrible. I mean, you look at uh, Ohio State, yeah, they lost to Oklahoma, but, you know, they beat Michigan State when they were ranked. Uh, they beat Michigan. Uh, they will beat an undefeated uh, uh, Wisconsin. So I think if you stack up signature wins, uh, that I think, uh, you know, Ohio State, in my mind, would have the edge. You know, at the end of the season, Ohio State wasn't playing Mercer. Uh, so, uh, to me, even though I, I, I dislike uh, everything Ohio State is and, and their fans, uh, I think then I would uh, I would probably put Ohio State in head-to-head just because of the, of the schedule. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and here's the thing. When you match up Alabama and Ohio State, Rick, uh, they have almost uh, the exact same percentage chance to make a, a four-team playoff. Uh, and so what happens now is you do put Alabama's resume under the microscope. And, you know, for those uh, – uh, the, the committee, you know, uh, that uh, – it just looks to me like that – Ohio State would have the edge on that. But go ahead, uh, Rick. We need to get into some NFL talk, and we're going to go into the balance extra for that, and then we'll have to wrap it up and put a bow on it. But go ahead, Rick. Yeah, and I I agree with everything Mo just said. That's where I was going to. Uh, two of the last three games that Alabama's played has been uh, against Mercer's FCS school, which I think that should disqualify you from any playoff, regardless of who you beat, what your record is, or anything else you've done. If you go out of your own – division or anything. I don't know if division's right, but out of just whatever you're in now, like, you know, see the NFL going to the Canadian Football League midseason to play the Toronto Argonauts. So if they're playing Mercer and FCS team, any school that does that, in my opinion, should automatically be disqualified. I don't care if they're just helping schools with their uh, athletic budget or what they're doing, paying them to beat the crap out of them. But the two of the three, they 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 beat Mercer, played FCS school, then they lost to Auburn. So just the fact they're playing FCS and not playing for a conference championship, they should just be totally done out of the conversation anyway. So the stack up against Ohio what? State I, and Alabama, then at Ohio State's uh, to me resume is just a little bit better. But there again, if, if uh, Wisconsin wins, I don't think that we have this conversation. But I, I think Ohio State would uh, would certainly win. And you look at and, and final thoughts here. You look at Ohio State. Ohio State would if if they win, they'd be coming off of a, a winning beating a, a top four team that's undefeated in a power power uh, five type team scenario. And that's better than anything that Alabama has on its current resume. And add to that that they that they beat a ranked Penn State, they beat a ranked uh, uh, Michigan t- uh, State team, uh, would that outweigh giving up 50, 55 points to Iowa, I, two losses? Uh, just because you're Alabama do- doesn't mean you're in. I, I think in that scenario, you've got to go toward the Buckeyes, and if they don't, Moe's right. It's a conspiracy, and everybody hates the Big Ten, and they love the SEC, and they love Alabama. Well, guys, we're, gonna get into, we're losing our stream here uh, in – in just a, 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 a few moments here, uh, 
but we'll be losing our stream, and we're going to go ahead and go into the balance extra for you know a few minutes, and we'll talk about the the NFL. Mo, do you have any final thoughts on college football before we merge into the balance extra and, and get some NFL talk done before we have to wrap it up? Yeah, they're going to find some way to screw this up. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Are you, you? You've never seen Stranger Things unless you you've did a, a binging, and, and if you have, then great. Maybe you're caught up. But uh, for for those who haven't, here's a spoiler alert. There's a host body uh, in, in that's uh, basically the mind of the monster, if you will, in this whole show. Uh, Rick is Alabama, the host mind of this monster. Yeah, I'd say so. I went, well, they're going to find a way to, to put Alabama or Ohio State in. Ohio State wins, they might be in. But also if they beat Wisconsin, that might just put Alabama in. It's going to be one of the two. That's what it's going to come down to today. Well, guys, let's get into the NFL talk, and we certainly will uh, be monitoring these college football games throughout the day. Did anybody watch uh, Thursday's game, uh, Cowboys and the Redskins? I think the Cowboys still show they got it, and then they can win without Elliott. Uh, I, I, where, where was Kirk Cousins? Where was the Redskins? They went to Dallas and just totally got their asses kicked, Mo. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Washington, though. The defense played terrible. I mean, Kirk Cousins doesn't play on both sides of the ball. I think Kirk Cousins still played a, a good game. Uh, you look at it, you know, he's on his third running back now. Uh, he's got some offensive line issues. The defense played terrible. Uh, you know, Dallas had uh, has been uh, terrible over the last couple of games for sure. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have a, way with, a problem with the way Kirk Cousins played, but uh, you know, he can't uh, he can't you know a couple of easy drops uh, by Crowder, the uh, fumble and the punt return. It just it was an overall terrible game by everybody on Washington except for Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, and, and Dallas having uh, you know some stability in that line has helped. Uh, getting Sean Lee back uh, in the coming weeks will help as well, but. You know, it uh, it wasn't a pretty last couple of weeks, so Dallas needed a big win. But I, I still don't think that they make the playoffs. I think they uh, they will fall out of it uh, here over the next couple of weeks before Ezekiel returns. Rick, uh, thoughts on that game? Yeah, it's just uh, one of those tough road games for, uh, for the Redskins. I just wondered, not get too excited about the Dallas Cowboys and playoff chances, just the level of competition maybe they played. So I think that's all that game was. You know, I want to talk about the big news that came out of New York Giants this week. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, uh, Eli Manning, uh, to me, proved why he's a Manning. When, say what you want about the Manning. Say what you want about uh, him winning Super Bowls or not winning Super Bowls or being better than his brother or not being better than his brother. One thing about the Manning family, you can say they have couth and they have class. And he handled this whole uh, benching uh, for to be the backup quarterback uh, to uh, – Coaches make coaching decisions. I don't know that it was the best decision to make. I think in a lot of ways it showed that we are going to see Eli Manning end up somewhere else next year. Uh, Mo, next year Eli Manning is where? Jacksonville. They rematch yep. with Tom Coughlin. They've got a great defense. They've got a good offense. They've got a great running back. The one thing they're missing is a competent quarterback because – other teams have been able to stack the line and just wait to demolish Leonard Fournette, who is still, you know, over, uh, still played a very good season uh, up, a, you know, so far. But it, it, a competent quarterback there would do so much for that football team. I, I think they're ready to win, uh, you know, next year with a competent quarterback. And I think Eli Manning can still bring that. If you look at his overall numbers, he's not having a terrible season. 
it's not the by far even the, the top five of the worst seasons he's had. Uh, but you know, this offense, this entire team was built around Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, and they don't have that. Again, if you're going to switch quarterbacks at this point, switch quarterbacks and put in Davis Webb. See what you have there. Geno Smith is terrible. Everybody knows he's terrible. Evidently, everybody but Ben McAdoo. It, it's an asinine decision. Uh, I think uh, I would. I don't know how the ownership signed off on it or Jerry re-signed off on it. Uh, asinine decision, and then I hope Geno Smith continues to be the Geno Smith he is, and, and they just get absolutely bust roll and demolished. Uh, I, I hate the Giants for this. Uh, I hate Geno Smith, and uh, I hope something very bad happens to him. Yeah, I think it was it was it was done in distaste, definitely. And uh, Jacksonville, I mean, yeah, hey, gay for having uh, a Manning back in the AFC South. But you know, it, when you look at his career overall, and we always want to compare him to his brother, but yeah, they're they're, they're two different people, two different quarterbacks. Uh, but at the same time, when you compare him against what we would call great quarterbacks in the league today, your Tom Brady's and and your your, your Peyton Manning's and your Brett Favre's and your Brett and your Ben Roethlisberger's, I mean, and your Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, I said Brett Favre just because my mind is trained to say Brett Favre, but <laughs> certainly one of the great great quarterbacks. Uh, but uh, I I, th- I think he, he he falls down on the list as far as being a great quarterback. I would. I my interesting thought would be that uh, you know he would follow in his brother's footsteps and go out to uh, Denver and another Manning would get um, a Super Bowl. It would be the first time two brothers have played the position of quarterback for the same team and have won a different Super Bowls for them. And it could happen. It's a real scenario, Rick. Yeah, I disagree there. I think the last thing they're going to do is he's going to follow Peyton's footsteps. I agree with Mo. It's going to be Jacksonville. And for every reason he mentioned, uh, Tom Coughlin, the defense, great running game, nice pieces around the offense. They just need a, a leader, a quarterback, to take him to that next level. They're good now, but they could be a lot better, and I think that's perfect for Eli. It's a perfect situation. It's not bad. It's not bad. I, I, I could tell you that that would be a good a good pickup for Jacksonville. Another uh, will in the spoke that I thought that a lot of people were talking about this week, which is an interesting twist, but I could see him there as well, and that's with Baltimore, Mo. You're, you know, you're still paying Joe Flacco a ton of money, and I don't think Eli wants to go anywhere. We, he's, he's not uh, for sure to be the starter. Uh, you know, there's a there would be a, a lot of dead money if they if they got rid of Joe Flacco at this point. Uh, and again, like I said, I don't, I don't think going anywhere to be uh, a backup. Uh, I think he he would as soon retire. But uh, you know, maybe. But again, you're going there to not a great situation offensively. There's not a ton of weapons in Baltimore. Uh, they've been anemic numerous times this year on uh, on offense, and yes, I just used the word anemic. Look it up. Uh, so yeah, I like. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't like the uh, the situation in Baltimore for Eli uh, as much. I mean, the the situation in Denver would definitely be better than than Baltimore. Uh, but uh, no, I, I don't see it. There's too much dead money with, with what would you do with Joe Flacco. So I don't know that that's the uh, necessary place. Well, I think we all in agreement that he won't be back with the Giants next year, so we'll be on a Manning watch over the over the off off season. Let's get to some of these other games. Obviously, closer to home, uh, we talk about Jacksonville again. Jacksonville and the Indianapolis Colts. At this point, it doesn't really matter to the Indianapolis Colts if they win or lose. But the the, the problem that is just so exasperating as a Colts fan to me, guys, and watching that game, it just was like, okay, this is good. This is good. And and I said to myself, well, let's see how they do in the second half. And the problem is, it's the exact same problem that they have 
all the time in the second half. They do something with the ball that results in a turnover, whether it be an interception or a fumble, in the fourth or in the third or fourth quarter against a team that's close to them, and they lose momentum. Momentum wins games. That's exactly what happened with Tennessee. That's exactly what happened with Pittsburgh. That's a, I, could, I could keep going on and on and on again. That's what's most exasperating to me. I think the Colts play a much better uh, or a much better Colts team playing a a Jacksonville team. I'm not saying they're going to win. Either which way, it's not a huge implication for them to win because they can't get their act together. We know that Chuck McGonnell's going to be gone. We at least logically know and not officially know that he's going to be gone. And I think he's a great person. I think he's got a great story. I think he'd be a great coordinator somewhere. He's just It's just time for him to move on from the Indianapolis Colts. And, and I don't put the blame for everything on him. By no means do I put the blame on, on, on him. But unfortunately, he is the, the head coach. Mo and Rick, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the Jack. Jacksonville Jaguars. What are your thoughts, uh, Rick? Well, they certainly played uh, Pittsburgh tough a couple weeks ago when we all said that, you know, if half of Pittsburgh's team didn't get on a plane and show up, they'd still win by 40 or whatever the jokes we were making. But they played them pretty tough. Uh, I, I don't see them beating Jacksonville either. But, Tom and Mo, you can answer too because it might sound like a crazy question. But the, they're definitely in the market for a new head coach. Do you think they also go after a quarterback in the draft? Well, I, I mean, don't. I don't. Go I ahead, think, no, I don't either because I think Jacoby Brissett uh, is, is, can become a very good backup. He was thrown into an unenviable position, getting traded so late uh, in the preseason coming over. So, no, I, don't, I think he can be a very serviceable backup uh, unless they know more about Interlux injury and aren't, aren't saying anything like they did earlier this year. Uh, then, then it's possible if if, if there's some uh, uh, real good chance that he doesn't play again, then uh, then yeah maybe. But Colts have made dumbass drafts in the first round for a bunch of years, so I mean don't be shocked if they make a stupid draft pick, even with Chris Ballard being in there. But but to me this is a game that the Colts probably wind up winning, and here's why because with the way the season's gone, why wouldn't they win and screw up their draft position? Why why wouldn't they do it? So it seems like a game that they're going to win probably because <laughs> right. it doesn't help us. It always screws everything up. So don't be shocked <laughs> to see the Colts win against Jacksonville because it'll it'll jack everything up. <laughs> I win the next four games and have the 21st pick or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um Absolutely, and I lost track there because we are losing time here. Uh, real quick, guys, go around the horn. Any games that you particularly want to talk about? Uh, and we just got to wrap it up and put a bow on it because we are about out of time. Uh, sir, uh, we'll start with you, Mo. Well, you know, I obviously have my eyes on the Colts game, but I'll tell you, it's. Uh, I look forward to uh, – uh, watching the uh, the Bears this week, you know, I, I've I've put some money down on that uh, on that because I, I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo uh, play and uh, and do well. So I'll be keeping my eyes on, on Garoppolo and and that you know that impacts everything in the draft whether they decide to franchise him and move forward Jimmy Garoppolo. So to me, a game that doesn't mean anything could mean a lot when it comes to the draft. So I'm going to have my eyes on uh, on San Francisco and the and the Bears. And the Bears, the Bears. Rick, uh, what are your final thoughts, sir? Yeah, something we can chew on for uh, our next episode, or we just might see this uh, show up in real life during the week. But uh, I, I just think Charlie Strong and Brian Kelly emerge as top two candidates for Florida State. All right, guys, that's going to have to put a wrap, put a wrap, and put a bowl on it. Uh, we'll see what goes on tonight, man. I, I'm really rooting for some chaos. I am. 
praying and keeping my fingers crossed that the committee finds a way to put Ohio State in and not Alabama. But unfortunately, I fear that Mo is is right. Uh, so Mo, where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? Uh, in a uh, bathroom toilet book coming to you soon, uh, or online at uh, at Mo Radio Show on Twitter. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Rick, uh, where can people find you, sir? Yeah, on the Twitter also at Rig and underscore Rick. On the Twitter, on the Twitter, on the toilet. All right, guys, my name's Tom Mark Lassell Presidente. It's been great being with you. We're going to uh, call it quits, put a bowl on it, put a wrap on it, or what have you. And uh, we'll be uh, certainly follow us on Twitter, at Balance, and you'll be able to be caught up on everything uh, going on in today's madness of college. Well, we can't call it – we could call it college madness, but – any which way. Uh, make sure you have yourself a great weekend. Don't drink and drive. Enjoy your games. I'll see you next week right here on the Balance Radio Network. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.